0: Mercedes that you want dear, O is for the opal and diamond rings you crave, T is for the tummy tuck you'd love sweet, H is for the Hawaiian beach on which to lay, E is for the earrings of pearls that you admire, R is for the oriental rug on which you tread, put them all together they spell bankrupt. So I'm giving you George Foreman's grill instead. (laughs) There you go. Well, as you know, I've I've never been a mom (laughs) or a singer, obviously, but I consider it both a great privilege and an important responsibility uh, to talk to you moms today and to anyone who's ever had a mother, which I pretty sure covers everybody in this room today. Uh, Being a mom in this world is just tough, isn't it? It just is, and I was thinking the best way uh, to express what it's like to be a mom, the burdens you carry, the responsibilities, the expectations on you, would be to give a a bit of a visual demonstration right now. Now Adam, I believe, he's still out counting, correct? Correct. And so my first guy for this was Kyle Myers, and Kyle can give praise to God that he wasn't part of this. And and I saw you there, Dan. You almost became the the next one. So I went to my backup faithful friend, Brian Mabry. I'm gonna ask him to come forward now, if you would, to help me with this. Um, I thought it would be helpful for us guys to understand what it's like to be a mom, Uh, Brian. Brian and Christina are recently married. And uh, he, they don't have kids yet, but we pray that one day that they will. And so this will be a good lesson for you to catch on to, all right? Uh, just a bit of a visual demonstration of, of what moms deal with the responsibilities they carry in life. So you're going to be my DM for the day, my designated mother, okay? So if you're, if you're going to be mom, first of all, you got to look the part. So I, I had someone this morning bring me a nice dress here. So why don't you just slip that on over your head for me. You will come back to church right after this. Okay. I mean, just slip it on like this is the first time that you've ever worn a dress. There's a jacket, I'll let you forego the jacket, how about that? All right, and we know that Christina has absolutely beautiful hair, so i got to give you a little bit of hair to go with it here, okay? Okay, you can put that the other way. The other way? I'll let you do that then. Man, you are a hot mess right now, let me tell you, buddy. All right. Now, uh, one of the things as a mom, of course, that you're going to have as a kiddo, and I thought about getting a kid today and thought maybe that'd be a little too squirmy and stuff in your arms. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a sack of flour here. So I want you to hold that in your right arm like it's a baby, okay? okay. You know how much that cost? By the time that sack of flour is is uh, 12 years old, you're gonna spend about $72,000 on that sack of flour, so hold on to that careful, okay? Now, one of the things you're gonna need as well, if you've got this little one to take care of, is you're gonna need a diaper bag, okay? Because you're gonna be cleaning up messes that come out of the front end and the back end of this kiddo, and so we got some wipes and some diapers there, and you're gonna to have to carry that with you. You doing all right so far? Yeah. All right, good. Now, as you're taking care of, oh. <laughs> showing too much skin, are we? Okay, Um, that little one's going to be a toy to play with, so why don't you kind of hold on to that one right there for me, too. And let's see, um, oh, well, as a mom, of course, there's always laundry to do, so you're going to need to, well, as a matter of fact, let's just go ahead and hold on to this in this arm. There's your laundry. I mean, look at this, Brian. What have you been doing at home all day? you got to take care of the laundry, bud, okay? And uh, let's, oh, the kids are going to get hungry, so you're going to have to get some groceries, so I'm going to make sure you get some food to take care of the kids here. one of the handles, did you drop something? Okay, remember if you drop anything, what can you not drop? The, the, the baby, the baby, okay? So there's your groceries. because you have to go to the grocery shopping. you face everybody there. Good, you're doing a good job, man. And uh, as your kids grow up, your kids are going to go to school, and they're always going to have their book bags with them, right? So you're going to have to take care of this book bag for me. Um, I don't know how we're going to do this, but just, okay, you sure about that? Okay, how are you at science, math, and history? Okay. Well, you're gonna have to help them with their homework, okay? And kids' backpacks today, right? They get heavier every year. So, uh, by the way, there's a, there's a history report due tomorrow. You're gonna have to go to the store and buy stuff and get that done tonight with the kids, okay? So, uh, in addition to that, well, let's say there's always chores to be done. So, watch, hold on to that for me. And uh, some oh, you, you're gonna have one kid that takes guitar, so you're gonna have to take them to the car, guitar lessons. So, make sure they get there. Uh, then. You're gonna have one of your kids that uh, plays the trumpet, and so your kid's gonna have some trumpet lessons. And, are you still under there? Okay, you're gonna make sure you get the trumpet lessons. Good job. And, you know, most families are two income families. I'm gonna come over here for you. And uh, those two income families, you're gonna have to have your job, so there's your briefcase to take care of with you too, okay? And uh, since you've had a couple of kids that are in sports and stuff, you're going to have to do something to kind of get yourself back in your figure. So there's a tennis racket for you to actually work out yourself a little bit. You take care of it. And there's more laundry. Man, it just keeps growing, doesn't it? So there's a little bit more laundry for you to take care of. And the kids are hungry, so uh, there's, a, there's a skillet for you. Hold on to that skillet. and Okay, well, let's keep going on here. And uh, the kids are still hungry, so there's a frozen pizza for you. But the baby is still up. All right. Uh, about 15 minutes at 400 degrees. There, there's your pizza for you and the kids. And uh, even more laundry and, and stuff to take care of. Boy, there's just all kinds of How are you feeling right now, by the way, with all that stuff? Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Oh, and don't forget, you got to make sure your soul is taken care of. So there's your Bible. Make some time to uh, study the Lord of the Lord. Spend time with God, and we're going to have you teach VBS, too. So make sure you sign up for that as well. You did a great job. Thanks, buddy. You can just take it all and just drop it right there, okay? And promise me you will come back again, right? Okay. Just be glad I didn't make you do it in high heels, too, okay? Woo, he did a good job. It's hot, isn't it? Not too bad. Okay. Well, you can wear it through service if you want to. Okay, just checking. It's a struggle to hold all that up. And it's what moms do, right, ladies? All day, every day, right? And if you get an allergies or you get a cold, do you get a day off? Absolutely not. And um Just to know, you know, Brian, you just got to go to Christina and say, for the future, I love you, honey. I appreciate everything you do. For all of us that have moms, you know, when you get that visual image of all the things that a mom carries, it is overwhelming. It is exhausting. And sometimes you just feel, I can't hold it all. And eventually what happens? Something gets dropped. You forget something and you become exhausted. These are pictures I want to show you this morning as well. These are the steps on the south side of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Uh, These southern steps would have been steps that Jesus actually walked upon. Now, the entrance to the temple has been blocked off, but the reason I show you this is to take you back in your mind, if you would, in Scripture, to when Jesus was 12 years old. And he he was at the temple with his parents, and, and we know from Scripture that Joseph and Mary, they were not perfect parents. In fact, Jesus would get lost for three days, and they didn't even know he was gone. In today's society, somebody would have called child and family services on Joseph and Mary, right? I mean, most days, life is a struggle. It's a burden, it's a battle to, to, to just keep going, to stay strong, to do it right, and to come through for all the people and all the expectations that are placed on you. And some of you think, Bill, I can't do it anymore. Well, I think that's a little bit like the situation that Moses found himself in. In Exodus, the 17th chapter, I'm gonna ask you to turn there in the Old Testament with me. Moses is the guy we look at historically to say as a guy who had it all. In fact, in our world today, we picture him, he's so handsome, he looked like Charlton Heston, right? And Moses in his life was given a staff Sometimes in Scripture, it's referred to as the rod that God gave him. And Moses was a wonderful man because he would stand before God, and God would say, take that staff and throw it on the ground. And when he did, it became a serpent. And he picked it up, and it became a staff again. And all the people looked at him and said, Moses, man, you're awesome. You've got God's power on your side. You're wonderful. And the same Moses would go before Pharaoh in Egypt and during the plagues, and he would hold that staff out over the Nile River, and the Nile would turn to blood. And again, the people would say, wonderful Moses, powerful Moses, incredible Moses. And then when the children of Israel would be released from their slavery, they would travel all the way to the Red Sea, and not knowing how they were getting over it or around it, It was the same Moses who would pray and raise his staff and the waters would part and the children of Israel walked through on dry ground. And then as the the Egyptian army pursued them, he would again raise that staff and close it and the waters would provide a watery grave for the nation's soldiers of Egypt. And God would provide and people would look and say, Moses, man, you are wonderful, you're awesome. You are our great leader. You're the God-chosen man. And then three days into the desert, they would be thirsty, and he would take that same staff, and he would strike the rock, and water would flow out of the rock for the people, and they would say, great, wonderful, wonderful Moses. Well, immediately after that, we come to Exodus, the 17th chapter. And the people of God are attacked by their enemies. And we read in Exodus 17, verse 8. If you're there in scripture with me. The Amalekites came and they attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow, I'll stand up on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses Aaron and her went to the top of the hill. Now, I love verse 11. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered that staff, whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. You know, when I read verse 11, and I, and I think about the conversations I've had with so many women in our day, there's so much they have in common because in moments of honesty, most women will say, it's a struggle. Bill, it is a battle just to keep my faith up, my hands up. It's, it's like you're trying to hold your arms up and you're saying, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Now, sometimes you feel good. Sometimes you say, it's a good day. L- Live love songs and talk about good days. And you'll say, I'm winning. God's with me. I feel like, like an amazing supermom today. And on other days, well, you feel like you're not winning. And you're letting everyone down. And you feel like you're letting yourself down. And maybe you feel like you're letting God down. And it's hard. And of course, you feel worse when you see all the expectations placed upon you by the TV supermoms. Those that can work in the boardrooms during the day, come home at night, and they can fix dinner, who help the kids with their homework, who always have uh, an easy time putting their kids to bed, always with the perfect hair. And then you look at who you think to be a perfect mom, the PTA president, the homeroom mom, the, the band booster mom, the soccer mom with three kids who, who still has the body she had when she was younger. You know, she, she's the successful one. And some of you, you can't even smile because life has been so hard and some of you are extra tired because you've been living it as a single mom. Some of you are a single mom, but some of you are married. And if you're honest, you'll say it feels like I'm raising these kids by myself. I feel like I'm raising my grandkids all by myself. Some of you feel like you're never going to get the chance to be a mom. You might be single and you desperately want to be married. You want to have someone in your life. Some of you are married and you've struggled all your marriage with infertility or, or you've had issues that, that have led to you being childish. And childless. And then a preacher stands up on Mother's Day and talks about motherhood and it's painful for you. Some of you feel like you've missed the chance with your kids. They're gone now. They've gone off to school. Maybe they've grown up and moved away with work. Maybe your children walked away from you emotionally, physically. Maybe your children have walked away from Jesus. And you hear the scripture, 3 John 4, where it says, I have no greater truth than to know my children are walking in the truth. But for you, there's no greater pain than to see your child walking away and turning their back on God. Some of you don't, you feel you don't know what it's even like to be a super mom because you didn't have one in the house that you grew up in. Your mom, she was a piece of work. Your mom, instead of making you feel loved and and treasured, she wounded you. She hurt you. She, She pulled you around from place to place. And so Mother's Day is a day when you think about all the things you didn't have in a super mom. I think a lot of moms can relate With Moses and how he felt in Exodus 17 when his hands grew tired and he could no longer hold them up and maybe there's a time where you just dropped him and said I can't do this I can't measure up to this I'm no Martha Stewart I'm no Gal Gadot I'm no wonder woman in my life there's no way I can measure up and moms if there's anything you need to hear today I think it is this it is impossible to live up to all the expectations by yourself. The load of this life is just too much. It's more than anyone could possibly handle by themselves. Moses' responsibility, it was more than he could handle by himself as well. Moms need help. And the rest of us who aren't moms, we need to hear that as well. And we need to respond because our mothers need help. Moses needed it in verse 12 in Exodus 17 it continues when Moses's hands grew tired they took a stone and they sat and put it under him and he sat upon it and Aaron and her held his hands up one on one side and one on the other so that his hands remained steady until sunset and so Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword can you picture what's going on here Aaron and Hur go up on this mountainside and they can see Moses' arms. You know, they're, they're just getting more and, and more tired. And they're, they're starting to ask, What can we do? How can we help him with this? And so that they get the stone and say, Why don't you just sit here and rest? And then Aaron grabs one arm and, and he holds it up. And Hur grabs the other and holds it up until the victory is won. Moses, we can't do much but we can do this for you. And one thing that I've found in every life is that everybody needs, an Aaron, everybody needs a her in this life, especially moms, people who are constantly holding up things with their arms. Because like Moses, you're gonna have moments where you feel strong, and it's amazing, and people are gonna tell you, you're amazing, you're wonderful, you're God's choice for the job, but then you're gonna have some moments where you feel weak and like you can't go on anymore. And just as God appointed those two men to be there alongside Moses, there are two truths that I want to give to you from God's word today that are going to be there for you. They will come alongside you moms, and not just moms, but for every one of us in this room who gets weary from time to time, who feels like they just can't do it anymore. And I think that if you'll internalize these two truths, it will change the way you live. Now, the first arm holder, the first truth that I want to share, and I want you to hear today is this. Truth number one, we must express appreciation for our mothers. Very simply put, moms, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. A poll was done on Twitter and Facebook that asked, what do you think, Moms need to hear the most on Mother's Day. And there were all kinds of responses. And one of the themes that continued to come through loud and clear was that moms need to feel appreciated. They need to know that what they're doing matters. Is this a cue that the restaurants are opening and the people need to go to dinner? That's all right. He's the God of the light and he's the God of the dark too always. Always. So the first arm holder that that, that mom needs from you is simply to say, thanks mom, you are appreciated. We can do that in a couple of ways. Number one, I think we can do that with encouraging words. Mark Twain once said, I can live for two months on one good compliment. Isn't that how powerful words are and how they build you up? You know, one of the scriptures that's often read and I guarantee you at some church in Springfield today, they'll focus on it, on Mother's Day is Proverbs 31. And if you've ever read Proverbs 31, it's this amazing detailed scripture of what a fantastic homemaker and a smart businesswoman and perfect mother looks like. And very often some well-meaning preacher or pastor will get up and, and, and present that as the ideal mom for Mother's Day. And many, many times women have said to me through the years, Bill, I love the scripture, but that truth in Proverbs 31, that scripture depresses me because it makes me feel inferior. It makes me feel like a failure, like there's no way that I can ever measure up to that being that kind of woman. And I want you to know this morning, as I was looking again this week at Proverbs 31, God highlighted this verse, and I want you to hear this in Proverbs 31:28. Oh good, we still have the, the PowerPoint. Listen to this: Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Now I want you to think about this verse. Why is this woman so extraordinary? What is it about this woman that that makes her a Proverbs 31 woman? Could it be that she's got some children and she's got a husband that affirms her, who believes in her, who blesses her, that encourages her with an affirming word? You see, that's God's model for us today on Mother's Day. That's the way it's supposed to function and how a woman can be a Proverbs 31 woman. And I wonder, how many more Proverbs 31 women we would have in this world if we had more Proverbs 31 children or more Proverbs 31 husbands? And, and, and you've got to understand, guys, you've got to put your wife on a pedestal. Grandfathers, you've got to put your grandmom, your wife on a pedestal as well. Sometimes I hear wives pour out the frustration And the grief, really, that comes because they don't have someone that builds them up. And you need to realize, gentlemen, as well, the power of your tongue. Proverbs 18.21 says this, the tongue has the power of life and death. Everyone here, you've got the, the power within your voice, in your tongue, to destroy, to belittle, to tear down with your complaints, or with sarcasm, that can act like a knife right into her soul. What that woman in your life needs, that, that woman who is already feeling bruised, she's already feeling tired and torn down and beaten up, what she needs from you is not another attack. She needs words that soothe, or sometimes the silence that heals from you. Because you recognize all the responsibility that she carries. If you want a Proverbs 31 mother, you be a Proverbs 31 kid. Guys, if you want a wife that fits that, you be a Proverbs 31 husband. You rise up and you call her blessed. Now, I don't know how easy these things are to hear. And maybe you've seen this this year because they made this into a commercial. But how how many of you remember a few years ago hearing uh, Kevin Durant, who played for the Golden State Warriors, and his acceptance speech when he was declared the MVP for the 2014 season. I want you to hear what he says about his mom. Watch this. One of the best memories I had is when we moved to our our first apartment. No no bed, no no furniture, furniture, and we we just all sat in the living room and just hugged each other. That's what we, we thought we made it. Man, yeah. when, when something good happens to, to you, I don't, I don't know, know about you guys, guys, but I tend to look, look back to, look back to look what part me And you, you wake me up, up in the middle of the, in the night, night in, in the, the summertime, times, making, making me run up a hill, making me do push-ups, push screaming at me from the sideline of my games at eight or nine years old. We weren't supposed to be here. You You made us believe, you kept Kept us off the street, put clothes on our backs, food on the table. table. When When you you didn't eat, you made sure we ate. You went to sleep sleep hungry. You sacrificed for us, (laughs) (laughs) you're the real MVP. I tell you every mom just she deserves a standing ovation like that what was it about this woman that made her a proverbs 31 kind of woman could it be again she had a proverbs 31 son single mom with two kids all by herself when she was only 20 years of age but she they now arise and call her blessed and they give her praise and when you express words of appreciation for moms it's emotional racing fuel it fuels their strength, it fuels their heart for life's battle. Moms are the real MVPs. And we can show them appreciation with encouraging words, but we can also show it with helpful deeds. Helpful deeds. Proverbs three twenty-seven says, Don't withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do so. And let me say today, it is in your power to do so. You can do something to help them. And I just want to say something to to the younger people in this room, and I realize we don't have a lot today, but you need to hear this. I I think somewhere along the line, as kids, and even of those of us that are older now, we got the idea that mom was supposed to be our, our chauffeur, our chef, our banker, our servant. And I just want to say, yeah, it's a nice thing to get a card to your mom for Mother's Day. It's a great thing to take her out to eat to buy her flowers, to do some little gift for her like that. But I guarantee what could really show appreciation to your moms today would be you just taking out the trash without having to be told to do it or threatened to do it. You want to really go over the top? Feed the dog on your own without being asked to do it. Pick up your clothes. Put them in the laundry basket right side out so that she doesn't have to turn them around. Practice your instrument without having to be reminded. Wash the dishes after dinner. Wipe the toothpaste blobs out of the sink, right, once in a while. When she starts to cook dinner, go set the table and then ask her, Mom, is there anything I can do to help? Moms get all excited about uh, their, their kids when they ask to do stuff like that. And if their husbands do it, they lose all control, right? You think, man, he's lost his mind. It's amazing. But guys... She'll be putty in your hands, I guarantee it. okay? When you do acts of kindness for your mom, two things happen. Number one, you show appreciation and she experiences it. But the second thing happens in you. You begin to realize, man, mom, she's working her tail off. She really does hold our family together. She has so much to do and you have a greater appreciation for all the roles that she fills in your life. So we're holding up mom's arm now with encouraging words and helpful deeds, but there's another arm that we've got to hold up. And what I want to do uh, on the second one, this is going to sound so simple to you, and it it really is, but I'm telling you, if you can internalize this, friends, if you don't remember anything else that I have said this morning, you've got to catch this. It, It will change your life if you're trying to fulfill all those impossible demands as a supermom. You see, the the other truth that holds up your arm, the second truth is this. We have to express God's great love for our mothers. We're saying two things this morning. Moms, we appreciate you. And moms, God loves you. See, that's very different from what I've said to this point. Because what we've said so far to the point is that moms need to know they're appreciated because of what they do the role that they fulfill. But moms, it is essential for you to know that has nothing to do whatsoever with what you feel in the role as a mom that God simply loves you because of who you are. You are his. And you need to let that sink deeply into your soul. You'll always be trying otherwise to to find validity in life by giving in to the expectations of others, by the pressure you put on yourself sometimes to work the way you do, or the kind of wife or husband, or you'll be looking for the approval of your kids, the approval of the the ladies and others that you work with, or other moms and Christian women. And let me tell you, no one can live up to that kind of standard. Do you see that? Do you see the standard you set for yourself or that is set for you? You need some help. And the help is simply this. God loves you. You are his precious child. You're his beloved daughter. Psalm 17.8 says, Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. You're the apple, ladies, of God's eye. Think about the day that Jesus was baptized as a young man in the Jordan River. You remember the story there? The heavens were open, and there was a booming voice that came from the joyful heart of a heavenly father, and it said, this is my son in whom I delight. In him, I am well pleased. Last Sunday, we were worshiping at a little church in Bristol, Tennessee. Well, it was a good-sized church. And I was thinking as I sat in that worship service and about today, and how each one of you, you need to hear the voice of God today. You need to hear God saying to you, as he said in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 18, I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. You need to hear God say over your life, I am well pleased. It's not based on what you do. God's not saying, man, you should see that woman cook Bombay chicken. You should see what kind of meals she can fix with cheesy chicken enchiladas or or how she can maintain that house. I am so pleased with what she can do. It's not based on how hard you work or what kind of professional woman you are or how organized your pantry is or how clean your house is. God simply says, you are my beloved daughter, and I am pleased with you. I can tell you from experience that one of the ways Satan pursues and attacks women the most is in this area. It's in the image of identity. He likes to see you confused. He likes to see you weary, and he tries to force you into roles that become part of your identity. And those identity roles, they, they, they kind of lead you away into expectations that are not from God, but from others. And so you look for validation in that, and and you want to hear your husband say, you're pretty. I'm pretty? Okay, I I, I must be. You want to hear other voices say, girl, you still look amazing. I do? I must be. You want to hear your children say, mom, you're doing a great job. You're the best mom in the world. I am? I must be good. You want to hear your coworkers or your boss say, you know, you are so successful. You manage so many contacts. You're at the top of your department. Your work is invaluable to this company. I must be successful. And on this day, many of you will hear, you're the world's best mom. You're the coolest mom ever. I love you. And we feel warm and validated and encouraged by that. You want to hear your husband say, you know, when I see your face, you know, there isn't a thing that I'd replace. Because, girl, you're amazing just the way you are. You know, I approve of you. And I really hope you get to hear, ladies, some of those words today. I really do. But here's the truth. The only song, the only voice that really matters is the voice that comes from heaven. The one that says, this is my beloved daughter. I love her for being her. I am so pleased by my creation in you. And when you know that, that is what defines who you are. And you'll no longer drive yourself crazy trying to hear the voice, all those other voices that make you feel good as a mom, as a spouse, as a woman. God affirms you're okay. If you're ever around me, when I flip open my laptop, the thing you're going to see on my laptop as my desktop picture is a picture of, of my family. Now, I just changed it last week. This, this is our picture from Emma's graduation, but these are my ladies right here. You know, I think you could tell a lot from a person by what they have as a desktop on their computer. You ever had the experience of sitting next to someone and they open their computer and, and they've got a picture there of a kid? or a grandkid that's under two years of age, let me tell you, you got to be careful what you say. If they flip open their laptop and you say, man, that's a cute kid, you need to know they've got 3,768 more pictures of that cute kid. They'd be happy to show you. And I'm just warning you, if somebody boots up their laptop and there's this picture of a kid, do not, do not under any circumstances lean over and say, cute kid. Because the moment you do that, you're going to get a 30-minute pictorial journey into the life of that kid. This is when he was born. You know, this is Ryan's first visit with grandma and grandpa. You know, this is Ryan's four-month birthday party with cakes smashed all over his face. This is Ryan's one-year party where he has spaghetti all over his face. Ryan always has food all over his face, you know. This is Ryan dressed up like a pumpkin for Halloween. This is Ryan dressed up as an elf for Christmas. And you'll walk away with a, a, an advanced degree in Ryanology. And, you know, And a mom like that is going to say, oh, I can't wait to, to get home to see him. In the meantime, I've got these pictures to look at 100 times a day. And you know, while that may be nauseating to you to hear about Ryan that much, it's not to her. That's her kid, and she loves him. And if Ryan was ever in trouble, if Ryan was ever hurting as a mother, she would be hurting too, and she would sacrifice everything to alleviate that child's pain. She delights in Ryan, and he is cloaked in wonder as he looks at his mother. Now, if you can relate to a mother that loves Little Ryan, that much, first son, you need to know. You are God's desktop picture. You're on God's screensaver in heaven right now. You're God's Ryan. When God boots up his computer and all the angels are gathered around, God's saying, "Look at that. That's my kid." He thinks about you. He works to fulfill his good pleasure within your life. He is filled in with wonder for you, not because of what you do, but because you're his child. That's my daughter. That's my son. That's my kid. It's why the psalmist could say in Psalm 121, 7, the Lord, he'll keep you from all harm when you hurt, The heart of God moves. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Let me wrap this up. See, I I don't know if you can relate to the mother in the sense of what her husband would say to her. I don't know if your husband can acknowledge all the sacrifices you make, the good job that you do or not. If you don't, you need to know you are still on God's screensaver. I don't know if your kids will rise up and call you blessed today. I don't know if they'll sing your praises in a press conference someday, like Kevin Durant. In fact, I know, sometimes kids will tell you, you're the worst mom in the world. They may even look at you and say, I I hate you, mom. I can't stand you. And when you hear that, remember, it does not change who you are. You are still on God's screensaver. You are his beloved child and when your body ages and your skin begins to sag and tissues start to shrink and sink and you ache and a body does all those things that a body does and you feel like you're not turning heads anymore you can know this god the father is interested in you not because of your body but because in the real you the deepest part of you the everlasting part of you, your soul. He is passionate for you with a love that will never let you go. If you happen to burn dinner and the house is a mess, when work has you under all kinds of pressures and demands and you're being pulled in a hundred different directions, cling to this because God's love for you never changes. Ladies, let your arms be held up today by these two truths. We appreciate you. And God loves you. And there are two things I want to do to close today. In a few minutes, I'm going to ask all the women in this room, all the women, to stand. And I want to show appreciation for you. And then, I, secondly, I want to pray for you. And when these women stand, I want each of you, the rest of us, husbands, dads, brothers, granddads, kids, friends, and family, I want you to cheer for them today. I want you to cheer for them like the Cleveland Browns not only made the Super Bowl, but they won it. Okay, but even more realistically, right? Let's cheer them on in a way that says, ladies, you are MVPs and we don't recognize you enough, but we love you and we appreciate you and we thank you for the incredible, important roles that you play. So ladies, stand for me if you would. All right. Way to go. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And you are amazing. Now, evidently, Bo thinks he's a woman because Bo had to stand up there for a minute. Bo, you're in touch with your feminine side. I get that, brother. It's okay. Now, I want to pray for you. I want to ask all of you. Go ahead. Let's follow Bo's example. Let's all stand now and let's pray for these ladies. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much once again that no matter what the world thinks about us, no matter what we think about ourselves sometimes, your love for us is never-ending. It's unchangeable. It's so incredible. God, you not only fill the gaps of all the things we can never receive from anybody or anything on this earth, you go above and beyond, and you give us so much that we don't deserve You fill gaps that we don't even know about, and that huge gap that, that kept us separated from you. You sent your only begotten son to be the bridge so that we could reach you. Father, for many of us in this room this morning, we can look at the ladies in our lives and say, God, you use them. You work through them, and their humble submission to you, you led me to salvation by your Holy Spirit at work in their lives. And God, I just want to pray for these women. They are under attack today more than ever before by the stereotypes and by the roles that are set for them in this world, by what we hold out there for them sometimes that is just so unrealistic. Father, would you provide for them the salve of knowing they are who you made them to be. They are living in the strength that you provide. And Father, you're always more than enough. And I bless you for your love, and I thank you for them again, in Jesus' name, amen.